Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. The Athletic. Hello and welcome to The View from the Lane, our Tottenham Hotspur podcast from The Athletic. My name's Jack Pitbrook. I'm hosting today because Danny Kelly is getting married. Best of luck, Danny. So I'm joined by the old gang, Charlie Eccleshare and James Moore. Now, uh, Charlie, this evening you were meant to be going to Tottenham Hotspur against Wren in the Europa Conference League, but that game won't be happening. It's been a very fast-moving story, but can you tell us what happened What happened yesterday and how did we get here? Yeah, well, I mean, the... The sense from about Tuesday was always that the Brighton game probably wouldn't happen because the Premier League um, kind of take things on a case-by-case basis and looking at precedents, given the numbers we were hearing coming out of Tottenham, at that point it was up to seven first-team players had tested positive. Given that last season you know, games had been cancelled when teams had had as many as six, Fulham against Spurs, in fact, uh, that looked like that was probably going to happen. But the expectation was always that this Conference League game would go ahead because UEFA have stricter, tighter and more defined rules saying that as long as a team has 13 players on the A-list for the Europa Conference League, then the game has to go ahead. Unless they don't have any keepers from that 13. And, and that threshold wasn't at that point, it didn't seem to be that close to being met. Anyway, on Wednesday, there were more positives and I think just hearing, I mean, Antonio Conte's press conference was pretty striking. I mean, it was quite an experience because he was visibly just really upset and, and scared. You know, I mean, you, 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 it took it from the realm of us totting up the numbers as to how many players they had available to actually thinking, this is insane because he and all the players are going in, having close contacts with people who then a few hours later are testing positive for COVID. And that happened on Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday. And that's just a pretty terrifying environment to be in and as he said what are we going to do I, we're all going to come in for training tomorrow again and go through the same thing with a knowing there's a very decent chance that we're going to be coming into close contact with another person who then tests positive and what does that mean for us and for our families so when that happened after that press conference certainly public opinion started to move towards and I wrote a piece on this yesterday that this game just can't happen surely I mean you know forget the rules even if they don't quite meet this threshold and also that threshold a was written before Omicron and you know its advent and all the new dangers therein but also it slightly assumes that the virus is being contained and is under control. And clearly that's not the case because they're getting new positives all the time. I mean, to play a game where you've got people testing positives right up until kickoff is just ludicrous. So anyway, it felt like that's the direction we were moving in, even though Spurs wouldn't quite meet the threshold. That said, UEFA maintained um, that the game was going ahead. You know, their stance was pretty much rules are rules and and you know to be fair I understand 
they've they've set those rules and you could argue well who is Spurs you know is this just Spurs being an English team having the superiority complex that they can do what they want but clearly it went beyond that anyway about nine o'clock Spurs put out a statement saying that the game would not go ahead and I said at the time and I looked into it I thought that the the phrase they used was quite telling they didn't use the postponement they just said that the game wouldn't happen which made me think well that doesn't sound as if they've got agreement then from UEFA to do this um you know so check that out and yeah sure enough UEFA's position up until this morning as we record at about 8am remains the same that the game's going ahead or you know they didn't say that in so many words but that's the message it's basically you know rules are rules talk to Tottenham about the COVID situation so and then last night Wren responded to Tottenham basically saying this is outrageous you've made this decision unilaterally accuse them of a lack of fair play they, they had arrived in London at this point and they're saying they're basically going to go ahead and play the game anyway and as it stands UEFA are thinking the game's going to go ahead obviously Spurs could yet meet the threshold between now and then because they may well have more positives I mean and you know conversations will be ongoing and you'd think surely a compromise is going to be reached UEFA say this game according to their guidelines the game has to be played before December 31st I mean I can't believe that in you know the COVID world we're living in where things are being turned upside down the whole time that that can't be tweaked the the next game that Spurs would have to play if they won in this competition isn't till mid-February anyway but yeah as it stands Spurs are saying the game's not going to happen Renner in town saying they're going to play the game and UEFA are saying talk to Spurs about their COVID situation so it's um it's just classic Europa Conference League. Quite a lot to unpack there. Well, let's try to go things in the right order. But James, just to, just at the top, this is the right decision, isn't it, not to play the game? You know, Tottenham have been put in a very difficult situation here. Yeah, well, yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, ultimately, we're kind of back in the realm of the unknown now, like, like where we were almost two years ago. You know, we don't know exactly what this variant is at the moment. Uh, I, you know, it seems it's quite obviously quite depressing to be talking about this again on a, on a football podcast. Yeah, very. But clearly this is incredibly contagious and it's gone through about squads in the space of, what, five days. We've gone from, we think, one or two people having it at the end of last week or over the weekend to suddenly now having seven players and five staff members and that's as of Wednesday afternoon, right? Yeah, more than that. More than that. Eight players. The number's literally going up as I speak. Well, there you go. I mean, look, it's insane, you know, to even contemplate it. And, And I suppose... From Ren's perspective, there is a certain degree of having to be seen to do the right thing because they don't want to get a stupid charge or points deduction or whatever from UEFA, which is fair enough. But the tone of their uh, statement on on Wednesday night was pretty incendiary, really, like unnecessarily so. And I mean, if we want to talk about fair play, and this might sound a bit petty, two Tottenham players got <laughs> two Tottenham players got kicked out of the away game in Ren and were injured for the next game. And Bergwijn's case, I think he missed like five games. So if you, want to, if you want to talk about fair play, lads, let's talk about that. Yeah, I thought it was an incredibly mean-spirited statement from Ren last night. Like, obviously, this is a difficult situation for them, as it is for everyone. But the main, like, the main thrust of their complaints seemed to be that a Tottenham hadn't got like official UEFA agreement for this, and b that some that Tottenham had Tottenham had told Ren on Wednesday afternoon that the game would go ahead. Ren then flew into London City Airport, and then when they landed at London City. They then got a message saying the game would not go ahead. 
And that really seems to be, and like, I'm sure that, it, you know, I'm sure that is really inconvenient for them. But at the end of the day, like, there's obviously quite, a, there's a bigger picture here. Than- it's a fast moving situation. We've just said, you know, the, num- the numbers have rapidly increased over the space of four or five days. You can't, you can't legislate for that at the moment. We don't, we, we don't know how this, this is going to unfold. So it's, it's mad to get. To be too kind of childish about that. Yeah. Ultimately, this is a meaningless game in a fairly meaningless competition, and it's especially meaningless to Ren. Yeah. You know, <laughs> obviously Tottenham are fighting for second place, but Ren have already qualified through to the last sixteen of the Open Conference. Ren have won the group. So I don't really There's see- nothing in it for them. But this is this is what I mean about them having to kind of be seen to do the right thing, though, right? Because they, they are through and they have won the group, and I'm sure they're very happy with that because they're poxy fucking Ren. But with respect. <laughs> but well, no, seriously, but. If, 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 I'm sure in the back of their mind is well you wait through a history of finding people and giving points deductions to clubs for stupid stuff and then finding them about £27 for terrible racism so I, I'm sure their their main motivation is self-preservation but there are but ways of doing the, that exactly yeah and the, to, the tone of that statement was ludicrous in the circumstances yeah. I mean they, if, if they wanted to satisfy that concern all they would have had to do is come out and say we'll follow UEFA's guidance or some you know some bollocks like that to come out like they, they've come out swinging they're clearly really pissed off they clearly do feel they've been treated with disrespect and that they just landed and then suddenly get told the game's off but it's ridiculous I mean this is as we said it's so much bigger than this you know this is about asking fans to come out which they would do It's it's just it's a public health. It's a massive public health risk, and also to their players, it seems so strange that you desperately it's want insane. to play a team that's like surely, surely you want to. That's the last thing you want. Exactly, playing against a team with that many positives. I mean, it's almost inevitable that if Spurs picked a starting eleven for Thursday evening, that by Friday or Saturday, one of them would return a positive test. It just seems inevitable. Totally, which then throws Ren's forthcoming matches into into doubt and all of that. So. It, it's a, it's very odd. I think it feels like their pride's been stung. They don't want to be seen to be being pushed around. And as James says, they need to satisfy the kind of UEFA let's not get punished concern. But God, they've really gone <laughs> overboard on that front. They should go Christmas shopping. Thursday night in December in London. It's going to be a big shopping night. They can go to Winter, winter Wonderland. They can do the Skywalk. They're going to the stadium. Go to the Skywalk. Go to Chick King. There's loads to do. There'll be no Can they do that? Yeah. Could they do that all their Christmas shopping in the immediate vicinity of the stadium? Well, go to the mega store. Let's do a mega store. Ten percent off. Yeah. They spend over fifty grand. If you were going to do a lot of Christmas shopping near top, near the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, but not at the mega store, where would you? I mean, where would you go? Would you go to what, 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 Walthamstow? Uh, I don't know. There's that? the you big IKEA. Green. There's loads. Yeah, exactly. If you, you go, go to Wood Green, Tottenham yeah. Hale, there's what, what's up there? Wood Green's got. A, one for the American listeners, Dunk, uh, Wood Green has one of the UK's few branches of Dunkin' Donuts. There you go. As mm. well as like three cinemas, bizarre. It's a big Ikea, isn't there, in Tottenham? Yeah, there Part is, yeah. Tottenham That's House. what I'm yeah. saying. Go, go, go to the Ikea. Yeah, I'd get someone um, a, a Billy bookcase. Get, get loads of them. The fundamental point here, which I think this is something Charlie's covered really well this week, is that Tottenham just shouldn't be playing games and they shouldn't be training at the moment. You know, the, the situation is so bad. Like so many people in that squad and in that football club have got coronavirus at the moment that they should all just be staying safe staying at home staying isolated and they shouldn't be going in and doing their job day to day I mean by the way by the way, by the way the, on a broader level and again without wanting to go into too much into the dark and depressing aspects of our society at the moment like that is an indication that, <laughs> that, that the, the speed with which that has ripped through that squad is probably an indication that you know <laughs> not just in football but, but we should be having second thoughts about the way we've kind of thrown ourselves headfirst back into normality, right? 
I mean, mm. it seems insane. You know, we're talking about these numbers are, are stacking up even faster than they were right at the start of the whole pandemic. I mean, why would you not take pause and think, actually, maybe I will work from home? Yeah, also, what's so ridiculous, I mean, can you imagine in any other non-essential walk of life where you have this huge outbreak to then not send the people home, not say, stay at home? And Spurs yesterday did. I reported that they told all non-essential, non-football staff work from home, which, you know, obviously everyone did because they're concerned about it. But the idea that the players and the coaches are still coming in is just totally mad you know for the sake of you know I mean even and and the point is even if it was the Champions League final it's still absolutely insane to do this you know the fact that it's a group game in the Europa Conference League adds to how ludicrous it is and adds to the sense of like football just having its head in the sand but you know the point is it's a massive health risk whatever the game is and no football match comes anything we're near close to that and we saw with the Atletico Madrid Liverpool game you know, that that horrible super spready event that was responsible for a lot of people's lives. Like, it's just not worth it. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Now, on the basis that this game isn't going to be played tonight, and I assume that Tottenham won't be forfeiting the game and giving the three points up, should we expect this game to be rescheduled in January at some point? And the knockout playoff round isn't what until the like second half of February. So in theory, they've got a long time. But what what do you expect to happen in the, in that sense? Yeah, I mean, like I said, the the deadline. Uh, which to me feels pretty arbitrary. I'm sure there's lots of complicated UEFA bylaws and reasons for why it has to be before December 31st. But anyway, assuming that's relaxed, which it might not be. I mean, like, you know, it's not as if UEFA are known for their flexibility. They might just say, rules are rules, you're out. And let's be honest, that wouldn't be... As long as there are no consequences beyond that and there'll be a fine and, you know, Spurs might lose some money. As long as there's nothing beyond that, that wouldn't be the most disastrous thing. Obviously, a fine would feel pretty outrageous. But anyway, if it does go ahead, it slightly depends on if Spurs get to the Carabao Cup semi-finals, because then that takes out two January midweeks. But from their point of view, you'd think it would be that th- there would then be a space sometime in January. I think there are midweeks then, and so I don't see I don't see why, insofar as anyone really cares about this match going ahead for football reasons. Just, just fit it in then. You know, as you say, they've got until mid to late February before that playoff round. Which Spurs, if they don't win or don't win well enough, they won't even be in anyway. So it just feels like just be a bit more flexible. Like we're in a global pandemic. I'm sure that you know you you yeah the the Europa Conference League Group G final match happening at a slightly different time will not completely you know cause the world to just, end. Just give Ren the three 0 walk over and let's all get on with our lives. Just let's just do that. Who cares? I don't care. I agree. I think. I also think. Unfortunately, I don't think you. I mean, I, I might be wrong about this, but my sense is that UEFA don't usually let these kind of group games happen outside of the designated match weeks for them. No, they don't. But I mean, like <laughs> the FA Cup, for example. In the FA Cup, for example, you often 
you know, sometimes if there's like, you know, if a team's got a bad pitch or whatever, you'll get a team which winds up being like two or three rounds behind where they should be in the course of an FA Cup. But I, I kind of feel like in these UEFA club competitions, it's so regimented that there's not really much flexibility for these kind of special circumstances. And I think somebody said, I, mean, I must admit, I've forgotten the specific example, but somebody said to me on Twitter the other day that clubs who fail to get all their matches in, in time have basically been kicked out of European uh, yeah, well, well, I thought Were there not teams who were kicked out of European competitions in the first half of last season because they couldn't play matches? I thought there were. Yeah, I think Fine, so. Fine, just do that. Who cares? UEFA are scared to kick Spurs out of their tin pot poxy tournament because they want Spurs in it for the money. There you go. That's my theory. I have that. But I think like the flip side is also true, which is that Tottenham want to be in the Europa Conference League because being in the Europa Conference League brings them money. You know, it's, it's all very well for us to say there's no point in Tottenham being there. They might as well get themselves knocked out and just enjoy the rest of the season. And maybe Conte might feel that way as well. I don't know. I'm speculating. But at the same time, there is also a motivation inside the club, which is like every time we put on one of these games, there's TV money, there's prize money, there's, I don't know, 40, 50,000 fans inside the stadium. There's the prospect of a, of, of a bigger cup run. And so there is a financial motivation inside the club to continue to be in the, in the Conference League. And my guess is that that's one of the reasons why maybe the club are reluctant to say, you know what, forget it. Forget they it. They, they could also, looking at the guidelines, be liable to lose all the money they've had from UEFA for the tournament up until this point. Although the, it does state that um, if they can show their exceptional circumstances, which you think this would more than reach the threshold, that might be reconsidered. This is going to end with Spurs fans booing the Conference League album uh, anthem every <laughs> season, isn't it? Like Man City fans do with the Champions Which League. is the same as the Europa League anthem. Oh, there you so go. So that, that, that could cause there issues. Is. I mean, it would be quite funny though, because if UEFA, if say UEFA still sore about the Super League and they're like, well, this is how we'll punish you by kicking you out of the Europa Conference League. That would be quite funny in a way because for a lot of Spurs fans anyway, they'd be like, great, we don't want to be in this shit competition anyway. I mean, the whole thing, like obviously now it's taken a more serious edge, but I have felt the whole thing, you know, from a, leaving the money aside, going out of this competition is what a lot of fans and I, certainly what I think is best for Tottenham anyway. So it has felt a bit like getting out of a party you don't really want to go to and having a very good excuse for that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah anyway <laughs> but Tottenham do have a genuinely important game scheduled for this Sunday Charlie which is Brighton Hove Albion away where does this game stand at the moment uh, uh, we should make clear it's currently 8.30 on Friday on Thursday morning sorry so there's a lot but where is the, where does this game stand right now well as what I was told yesterday was that the request, and this, yeah, this was like yesterday lunchtime, hadn't been formally made at that point because the focus was on Wren. So that, to be clear, that's a request from Tottenham to the Premier League to postpone the game. Yes, yeah, exactly. Uh, because at that point, you know, Wren was the priority. But the intention was very much for that to happen and the expectation from the Premier League was that that's what would happen. I mean, Spurs have now closed the training ground. They can't possibly play this game. <laughs> so, you know, there's no way that game will happen. If it did, there'd be an absolute riot, you know, from from Spurs' point of view, because they had games against them cancelled for similar. From the Premier League's perspective as well, it's not just about numbers, and they do, based on precedent, meet that threshold. It's also about how well the virus has been contained. And clearly the virus has not been fully contained because people are continuing to test positive. So I cannot see a world in which that happens. And to be honest, that happens as in that the game happens on Sunday. To be honest, I'd it puts Leicester in a big, uh, big yeah. question mark over Leicester as well, because even if play, even if some of those players are just about out of their isolation period, if you've got a team that can't train for, you know, even even if Spurs' training ground reopens, say middle of next week or early next week, 
that's still taking out a chunk of their preparation time. And from the sporting integrity uh, perspective, I think that calls that into question. By the way, Leicester have had positive COVID tests as well in the last few days. So, and I mean, Leicester have had positives, that would yeah. Be a completely different situation by, by the time that game comes around. But I was thinking as well with the, you know, with people thinking about Europa Conference League and getting that off. Get, removing those fixtures from the second half of the season. Spurs already are looking as though they're going to have three extra game extra games to fit in at the start of in the second half of next season, which is basically like a round and a half of the Europa Conference League. So to be League. clear, that's, so that's the Burnley game that was slowed yeah. off, the Brighton game that we're assuming is going to get called off as well. And probably Leicester. And probably Leicester. Plus, of course, the, if assuming they beat West Ham in the just before Christmas in the Carabao Cup, that is assuming that game goes ahead. Then they'd have these two big Carabao Cup games in January. Then possibly Ren. They'll win the FA Cup third round game against Morecambe, what you would imagine at home, which would mean they'd be yeah. the FA Cup fourth round game in the first weekend in February. So it's going to be a really busy, busy start to 2022. I mean, if they genuinely, if they stay in the Europa Conference League and go the distance in that, fitting and are in the Carabao Cup semi-finals, then fitting in those extra three Premier League games in the second half of the season will not be easy. It's going to be tough. You'd imagine that they would get into that situation where they'd wind up having to play three games in a week. Yeah. You know, so at some point, you know, do like a Tuesday and a Friday. Or well, they Monday did. They, do you remember they had that last season, Tuesday, Thursday, and they were meant to have it the week before. And because Leighton Orient uh, couldn't play the game, Spurs only had to yeah, do that yeah. once. But they had that ridiculous thing where they played Chelsea in the League Cup on the Tuesday, then Europa League qualifier on the Thursday, and then Sunday played United, having played Newcastle the previous Sunday. I mean, it was four games in yeah. eight days or whatever. It's one of those situations which just, just goes to show that in modern football, like, the schedule's ridiculous and it doesn't care about the players at all. You know, it's all about cramming as many games in as possible. And no one, you know, no one who all, no one who puts on games which makes them money is ever willing to say, you know what, forget about it. We don't need yeah. this game. It's a pointless game. Who needs it? Imagine if Mora, by some miracle, beat Vitesse tonight, then there's a situation in which um, Spurs would be through anyway and Ren would be through anyway. And wouldn't it be amazing if then UEFA showed the common sense to be like, well, just don't play it. Just you know, give each team a point or zero points. It doesn't matter. Those those matches are settled, and we don't have to play the game. And Spurs go through, but obviously that would never happen. They'd need they'd need to play it for for whatever reason. Yeah, I think it is just worth. I mean, I know we're we're kind of getting the, into the realm of speculation a bit here, but it is worth looking at the possibility. I, based on what Charlie's just said, that on the assumption that the Brighton game doesn't go ahead this Sunday, the more I think about it, the more I think that the Leicester game would have to be under real threat, wouldn't it? Just because. If the players are, if the players aren't going to train on Thursday, let's say Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and they come, some of them start coming back in on Sunday or Monday. It's not really enough time, particularly if a lot of them have had. Can they do? Presumably, they can do uh, sort of March twenty twenty style, but basically peloton with Antonio Conte, right? Yeah, they can, assuming they feel well enough. But also, Jack, like a lot of the players won't be a- even if the training grounds open, a lot of the players won't be able to come in until because the next the week because they're isolation. Yeah. yeah. So, so that means you might be looking until. The Liverpool game, yeah. which is Sunday, Sunday the nineteenth of December, which is a huge game. It might well be that Tot- and again, this is also this is, at this point this is speculation, but it might well be that Tottenham go into that Liverpool game having not played a Premier League game since Norwich, so basically having had a two week break. What well, what a break! <laughs> yeah, yeah, just, just a nice just relaxed all video uh, winter sessions. break. It's kind of amazing, isn't it? I know we, it's almost twenty twenty two, and I th- I think we all thought that these kind of discussions we'd sort of left behind. You know, that football. The football would just the football was kind of back in a sort of permanent sense, and uh, you know, but then last night after watching the you know the ten Downing Street press conference, which felt very sort of March twenty twenty, then watching um, Bayern against Barcelona yeah, in an yeah, empty yeah, stadium, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
the, the day after watching Leipzig Man City in empty stadium. And wow, it's like, it, you know, the whole thing does really take you back. And it's a bit of a reminder, I think, to everyone, you know, not just who's into football, but, you know, in all of society, that in fact, you know, not, normal life is not back and coronavirus is still here. And it's obviously... I mean, you know, maybe this is a slightly ghoulish prediction, but that Liverpool game, if that happens when it's meant to happen, would that be behind closed doors? Because I wouldn't be surprised if it was. We'll have to see what happens, I guess. But Clearly, what's happening in Tottenham right now is the worst sort of coronavirus spike I think all kind of coronavirus uh, cluster, if that's the right words, within a football club that we've seen for yeah. a long time. I would say probably since the sort of March 2020 period, right? I agree, yeah. But that that isn't to say that cases in the UK are as bad as they've been since the start of it, but they might well be yeah, in six yeah, weeks' yeah. time, who knows? Or even in three weeks' time. So at this point, it's just kind of unknowable where we'll be in a few weeks' time. But it's, uh, I have to say, I think, like you two, I'm not exactly filled with optimism about the prospects for normal life, normal football over the next few weeks and months. Happy Christmas, everyone, by the way. Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point-of-sale system you can trust, or is it a... mm, real POS. You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into the one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash theathletic, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash theathletic to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash theathletic. something else that we want to talk about on this week's podcast hopefully a bit more cheery is we had a really fantastic uh, reaction from our many US and Canadian listeners to the bit that we did on last week's last on the last edition of this podcast talking about America's fans in the US got kind of dozens and dozens of emails and DMs from people talking through their own stories about how they got into Spurs which I'm really, really grateful for and very appreciative of. And it's, it's really interesting to me to see the kind of the sort of continuities and parallels between between these stories of how people got, got into Spurs. There's a few things I want to pick up on. What was interesting to me was the kind of the shared moments from about 10 or so years ago that you saw propping up in lots of different stories. So lots, so many people mentioned things like 
Tottenham signing Clint Dempsey from Fulham, the impact of NBC taking over the Premier League coverage in 2013, the success of the USA in the 2014 World Cup and wanting to get into a Premier League team off the back of that. And then connected to that, you know, they're watching how good Gareth Bale was in the 2012-13 season, then going to Real Madrid, and then of course how good Tottenham were under Pochettino in 2014. And then, and this is this is where it gets really interesting to me is people picking out certain Spurs games which they watched on, T- on NBC, which was so good that they effectively they kind of hooked people for life, which I think is a very familiar feeling to anyone you know, anyone of any age who's first getting into football for the first time. So something that came up quite a bit with a 5-3 win over Chelsea on New Year's Day 2015. I think somebody else picked out the two-all draw against Arsenal in 2016, which was a pretty... I mean, in the broader context, quite a bad result for Tottenham in the sense hmm. of that title race, but obviously, like, in the moment was an incredible football match. My favourite answer of all, um, I'm not going to name the person because I haven't checked if I've got their permission, but my, my favourite answer, answer of all on this was, uh, I could never choose Arsenal because Stan Kroenke is a colossal asshole. I grew up near St. I grew up near St. Louis. Kroenke is awful, and the settlement he paid to St. Louis last week confirms it. I love that. Yeah, I, I love that. I love the idea that the Cronkies are making a North London club really big in America. It's just not the one that they own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it, it's great. And um, what else came up a lot? So we had lots of people with like family connections to the UK or to London. Another thing that came up quite a bit was we had, I've had quite a few fans say that Tottenham's Jewish heritage specifically was one of the reasons why they gravitated towards Tottenham, which I suppose makes sense, Charlie, in the sense that if you're... If you're looking to you know, form an attachment out of a dozen or you know, 20 possible Premier League teams that you don't necessarily, you know, in the first instance, feel that much connection to, and then you see something which is like familial or uh, recognisable, then that was, that's the kind of thing that you could, you know, that somebody would kind of hook onto. And so I have had lots of Jewish Spurs fans in the US point to specifically that. And that's why it's great when you have, you know, and I think just linking back to the Y word piece that, you know, everyone we spoke to from Jewish organizations said it's great for clubs to celebrate their Jewish heritage. And so that that's a really positive element of, you know, Spurs having those links. And yeah, that's born out there. I mean, I think as well, a lot of people were saying, weren't they, that, and I'd kind of forgotten this in a way, Spurs do have quite a good lineage of American players. They've had quite a few over the years. Um, there's quite a few they've been able to latch onto. Thinking in recent times like Clint Dempsey, Brad Friedel. A few people mentioned Friedel, DeAndre Yedlin as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> DeAndre Yedlin. James, there must be others. There must be... I don't know, actually. Beyond, I'm sure uh, there are others mentioned to me. Yedlin, Friedel, Dempsey. There must be... Yeah. Oh, Casey, Casey, Casey Keller. Keller. Casey Keller, yeah. Casey Keller. He'd, who actually on appearances is probably the number one, I would have thought. Yeah, he, he, he did a decent stint. I can't think. I imagine there's listeners at home screaming answers that we're not coming up with, but I can't. I can't think of anyone else beyond those four. But that stretch is a reasonable length of time. I mean, Keller goes back quite a way. Yeah, you're talking. That's most of sort of the last on and off of the last sort of twenty yeah, years. Yeah, exactly. And the other thing that quite a few people pointed out, which is quite a lot of fun, was a famous Bill Simmons article on ESPN written in about 2006. And this was obviously before you know before NBC was on the Premier League. Before I think this kind of big wave of US interest in the Premier League. So this is when this was a very kind of niche thing. And Bill Simmons was talking through the process of trying to pick out a Premier League team to support. And he goes through all the different all the different teams from the going into the 2006-07 season and eventually chooses Tottenham on the basis that he wants a team who are kind of good but not too good, who 
are in the city that he'd like to go to, as in London. Um, and he, yeah, it, it's very interesting and worth reading. I don't know if you guys have read it, but at one point he he quotes one of his readers writing in and saying, if the Dodgers had stayed in Brooklyn, they'd be the Spurs. It kind of slightly jarringly keeps saying the Spurs mm. rather than Spurs. <laughs> and he insists that you should yeah. call them the Spurs Yeah, he, as well. that's, that's the thing. Kind of very rooted in, in its timing. He talks about Martin Yorl and Robbie Keane and Lasagna Gate. But perhaps my favourite thing is... This By the way, well, Lasagna Gate is a thing we would never talk about now. <laughs> well, I'm over that now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Barely ever talk about it. Um... This amazing list of celebrity Spurs fans. I don't know if you guys have seen this. <laughs> People that I've never as heard of as supporting Tottenham. But he's got here, in no particular order... Do you want me to rate these, by the way? I'll say yes or no to everyone oh, yeah. that I think they are. Okay. Okay. Steve Nash? Yeah, definitely yes. That's a, yeah, that's, that's a famous a big one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Salman Rushdie? That, I, feel, I feel like I've heard that before. He's like on those lists of celebrity fans on the internet. That, fit, that I've feels, never that seen feels any plausible. Kind of, I've never seen any evidence of it. Ray Liotta. Yeah, that feels like he once went to a game or was in London yeah. or something. It's like he's promoting a film. And then was kind of well, really he's like in London pushed, pushed yeah. Pick, pick a team. Like, yeah, pick a team. I, I love the Spurs. I love the Spurs. Yeah, yeah. This is my favourite. This is astonishing. Gabriel Garcia Marquez. <laughs> is he the Colombian? <laughs> is he the author? Right yeah. That can't be, can it? I, I have no... I can't place him at all. I don't know. It could be like a Davinson Sanchez thing, maybe. He's he is Colombian. Probably. Is, is, is he or was he? You could say um, more like 60 years of solitude since Tottenham last won the league. <laughs> well, <laughs> that bombed. <laughs> I, I think I can reverse engineer the reference there. Yeah. Um, great writer, didn't know he was a Spurs fan. Um, Jude Law, is that known? Yeah, he, he, he definitely is. And he actually used to sit, before I sat there, he used to sit just opposite. Oh, wow. Aisle, just the other side of the aisle from where I sat at White Hart Lane. The I didn't know that at all. Yeah. Uh, Bob Marley. <laughs> Yeah, that's bad. <laughs> that, that, that strikes me as an album where he's turned up to Bob Marley was really into football, right? Like, he's kind of... Isn't that yeah, 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 yeah. He's a big football the, fan. Uh, the urban myth that uh, uh, Danny's old pal, Danny Baker, uh, like, broke his foot or something. Isn't that a I, thing? I'm actually... It's actually a shame that... Uh, Danny isn't on because I'm sure he would. He would have, have a great anecdote. About he would it. have yeah, really good stories about. So producer about Tom has just texted through saying Salman Rushdie uh, on the seventh of February, 2015, <laughs> a game you'll remember well, when Harry Kane scored that uh, winning goal, that header with the oh what the the kind of leaning yeah, back yeah header. that incredible the, header the, the, the bent the bent yeah exactly past great David game. Ospina uh, Salman Rushdie anyway. Just after that goal went in, said, well, 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 Tottenham 2, Arsenal 1. Thank you, Harry Kane. Hashtag TF- THFC. Hashtag Coys. There you go. Amazing. So th- there are his credentials laid bare. I mean, Adele's another one, isn't she? She's a kind of famous yeah. Tottenham yeah. fan. But she wouldn't be on that list. No, in not in 2006, so, right, unless he was yeah, really yeah. ahead of the curve. Yeah, ahead of the curve, yeah. I can't, yeah, the Bob Marley one I can't place at all. But it's good to know that Salman Rushdie is actually... The fact that Salman Rushdie is a real Spurs fan and Jude Law makes me think that may, maybe Ray Liotta and Gabriel Garcia Marquez are as well. Baby Spice is also on this list, so that is definitely a trap. Definitely, I can definitely remember a, a photo shoot in 90 Minutes magazine of all the Spice Girls in various football kits and she was in a Spurs kit. Mel C was Liverpool famously, wasn't she? Mel, C Mel was B Liverpool. was United? Is that Le- right? Wasn't she Leeds? No, Leeds. Oh, Leeds. 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 Yeah. Who's Jerry? Uh, I don't know. Good question. I think it's like Watford or someone. No, yeah, I was going to say that. She's Hertfordshire, isn't missed? she? Who have we've we missed? missed Posh oh, Spice. Posh. And she was wearing a Man United shirt. Even this is like pre-Beckham. Wow. 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 
So like Baby Spice was one of the other two names along here, along with an actor I've never heard of called Donald Logue, L-O-G-U-E, from Sons of Anarchy, Vikings. That name does ring a bell. Gotham, Law and Order, Special Victims Unit. Yeah, lots of bad shows I've never There's watched. There's also that and guy from High Shania School Musical. I mean, they must be bad shows if even you don't <laughs> fucking watch them, mate. You watch everything. I don't watch everything. Yeah, you do. There's also that guy, the sort of teen heartthrob who's in High School Musical, whose name is... Zac Efron? Zac Efron, yes. Is Zac Efron a Spurs Yeah, player? well, is again, it? in a kind of... I think he went to a game once uh, or something. I'm sure there's there might even be a picture of him with a Spurs shirt. Um, what other... Who's this, this Spider-Man bloke who who they're now claiming is a Spurs fan, but has previously been like photographed and, in kits uh, by Spurs teams? What, like Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield? No, no it's not, not Tobey Maguire. Yeah. Not, not Tobey Maguire. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Garfield. Granddad. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I knew who paid Spider-Man in like the 1960s. Yeah, who do the kids love these days? Tobey Maguire. No, that's, that's Superman. Superman. That's, that's Superman. Uh, what about West? James's favorite? Um, James's favorite comedian, Michael McIntyre. I mean, he he goes to games quite yeah, a lot. Yeah, he's a, so, a genuine Spurs I, fan. It's not a, who's the guy from uh, um, Green Wing? Da- Dan in Alan Partridge. I've forgotten his name now. Stephen oh, Mack. He's, he's a he's a Spurs right, fan. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, cool. He uh, he used to sit in that part of the ground as well. There must be other famous. Oh, what? Uh, no, no, loads. Skeptics. Ah, oh, um, AJ Tracy. Yeah. Uh, oh, of course, because his Skip- song is played at the start of halftime yeah, yeah, every yeah. game. Anthony Costa from Blue. Anthony Costa. Anthony Costa from Blue. David Lammy. Yeah. <laughs> Anthony Costa's a great one. Harry Kane, of course. <laughs> Definitely. So apparently, uh, Googling is suggests... Yeah, Google says that Skepta is not actually a Spurs fan. There must be more. And if you've got any good ones, listeners, please just send them in. James, have you got a favourite celebrity Spurs fan? Uh, uh, Danny Kelly. Danny Kelly. Good answer. By the way, James, this might resonate with you responding to a tweet I put out about, you know, Ren still playing, planning on playing the game. Good luck, lads. Let me know the score. Stupid twats, you've already won the group. <laughs> <laughs> How are they going to get into the ground? <laughs> I love the idea of them. Just play- What do they think is going to happen? They're going to go and play on Tottenham Marshes. I mean, God, and oh, everyone oh, accuses yeah. Kane of stats padding. Fucking hell, look at these guys. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Cool. I think we probably might wrap it up there because we, uh, you know, uh, there's only so much you can talk about when there's no football happening. We'll be back on Monday. <laughs> talk about, on Monday to talk about. Two games That's to not to say up. that you shouldn't no. listen on Monday. Salmon, Ray, Jude, uh, Shania, if you're listening, or any other celebrity Spurs fan, like very famous Spurs fans out there who might be listening to the podcast thinking, I'm a celebrity Spurs fan, why haven't they mentioned me? Why haven't they mentioned me on the podcast? Uh, just send us a tweet and we will, of course, mention you. Yeah, tw- tweet us if you think you're the most famous person who listens to this podcast. This is yeah. a genius is way of drawing out Adele and others, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly. Adele, if you're listening. <laughs> Uh, it would be amazing if Adele was a fan of the podcast. Um, but otherwise, thank you so much to Charlie and James and producer Tom. And best of luck to Danny and his partner who are getting married in Ireland this afternoon. If you're not already a subscriber, you can read all of The Athletic's articles on Spurs and everything else on the site by going to theathletic.com forward slash Spurs pod. And right now, you can get 33% off a full subscription. That's theathletic.com forward slash Spurs pod. We'll be back on Monday. Thanks for listening. The Athletic.